Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. In addition, right here on FNTSY Radio. Coming up over the course of the next couple hours, we're going to recap the FSTA Experts Draft that took place a couple weeks ago. Out there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 14 experts got on the clock for the first experts draft of the 2018 season. Me and my main man, George Kirsten, not get a chance to speak about it and break that down. So we'll spend a couple hours a day doing that as we push closer and closer to the holiday. George, what's going on with you, my man? How are you enjoying your weekend? I'm enjoying it, Corey. You know, Corey, I got a question for you, Corey. What's up, George? Is this the 4th of July weekend or is next weekend the 4th of July weekend? I'm glad you brought this up, George. I think that next weekend is the 4th of July weekend. What do you I want? agree with you. Yes. I agree. You, I could, you, want the, you, know, you want to start the 4th and have the next weekend to enjoy rather than this weekend and then the 4th ends it? Yes. When the 4th falls on a Wednesday, it kind of stinks because if the 4th was Thursday, the regular workers, not people like us, they would have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. If the 4th was Tuesday, you have off this Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. With the 4th being on a Wednesday, it kind of throws the whole mojo off. It does. It, it just doesn't. Uh, I never like when these holidays fall in the middle of the weekend. But I, I do. I agree with you. I believe it's next weekend. That's the Fourth of July weekend. So George, you know that we we have daughters the same age, basically. So I'm sitting in here today. We got the pizza flowing. Some quesadillas rocking. I go pour myself a beverage to sit down to, um, you know, make sure I stay hydrated on this hot day while I'm doing this radio show. And I look around, George, and I don't see my beverage because my daughter has commandeered my beverage, George. How about well, that? That, that answers <laughs> the next question, by the way. When you said beverage, I was wondering if it was an adult beverage. No, now I certainly ad- hope it was not. <laughs> it was not an adult beverage. It was my green tea, my nice cold green tea that I poured. Now as I look around for it, I see it over there by her, George. And <laughs> um, now I guess I won't be having no green tea while I do the program. <laughs> Apparently not. Anybody with kids knows how that feels, man. You, you pour oh, it in, you try and open it. These kids can't hear you say, call their name from two feet away, but they can hear you open up a package of cookies <laughs> yes, from two can. miles away. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So uh, it's just funny how that works. Oh, Daddy, can I ask some? Daddy, can I ask some? And sooner or later, yeah. they have some, and you have none. There you go. It's, can I have some going to go, becomes can I have it. So good times. If you want to get us on the home today, 844-843-6879. On this edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Um, so this is a 14-team league, George. 14-team PPR, right? Uh, Tim Jensen from RT Sports, a good friend of mine. He always uh, looks out with a couple leagues over there at RT Sports. Fantasy Football Magazine's Ian Allen. Our buddy Charlie Wiegert from CDM Sports. Big big game software, Brett Baker and Ty Ward. Of course, uh, the NFFC team of Greg Ambrosius and Tom Kessenick. Mark Zillwinger. Uh, the USA Today squad of Steve Steve Gardner and Howard Kamen. Our own FNTSY's Nando DeFino. Rotowire brings up Chris Liss. Sirius XM Fantasy, uh, Ray Flowers. Colton and the Wolfman. The Huddle, Corey Bonini and Ryan Bonini, the Bonini brothers. ESPN's Mike Clay. And Howard Bender brings up the Redford Fantasy alone. 14-team PPR. And the thing about this being, this is the experts draft, right? The first big experts draft. And I'm sitting up here, they play in 14 teams, and there is like very few football leagues that have 14 teams. Well, I don't think the first experts draft should be a 14 team league, put it like that. I would agree. I mean, when you think about it, I get it. Listen, 14, you got a lot more people want to play than you have spots for, but most leagues are 12. Actually, most leagues are 10. Most of, I guess, more competitive leagues are 12. You know, 14, it's, it's a rarity. Uh, you're going to see that. I don't think I'll be playing in any 14. I might play in a 15 or two, and I certainly will play in uh, deeper ones than that. But 14 is uh, 
I guess if you want to represent what's going on through most leagues, 14 is not the right number. I agree. You know, I'm do I do I'm doing a 14 I'm doing a 14 team NFFC auction this year. I don't know what made me sign up for that, George, but uh, uh I mean, you know, I'm a you know, that's going to be a disaster, but that's all the way. I got some time before that. That's August 31st, so I'll get ready for that. 14 team auctions, the value of the players are I mean, you got you got you might you could have some players go for $70. Oh yeah. What's the uh, budget? 200. 200. Oh, you're definitely going to have uh, some running backs go in the high 60s, 70s. That's, that wouldn't be a surprise at all. Uh, running backs, I mean, there's just not enough to go around. You start in this draft, top six yep. players, all running backs. And running backs are going to fly off the board, especially the deeper the league. Because, man, 14 teams, you're going to be a couple of guys who are left without, you know, left out of a chair when the music stops because there's just not enough running backs to go around. So you're going to see the price go up on the top ones as people want to secure at least that one position, that one starting great running back. So you know you're, you're solid there. You can go on and spend a little less on lesser receivers or quarterbacks or even tight ends, which is certainly much deeper than running backs. All right, so like you said, it starts off Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. That's the top three going off the board. and Well, not, the, not necessarily in that order, but the top four going off the board. Excuse me, you add Le'Veon Bell at four. Then you get Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara at five, Saquon Barkley at six. So those are the top six running backs to go off the board. You know you got the big four in Gurley, Elliott, Johnson, and Bell. After that, that's where things can, you know, go any kind of way you want. But when you look at that top four, George, if you could have one of them this year, who would it be? I, I have Gurley ranked number one overall. Okay. I, uh, if Listen, Corey, if Bell wasn't going to be hold out through all of August and probably show up the Tuesday before game one, you know, if they still assigned him tomorrow, I'd have yeah. him number one. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I love his game, but that holdout is enough to make to push Gurley ahead of him and make uh, Bell number two for me. I have Elliott three. David Johnson looks like he, he might do the same thing as Bell and hold out. So that's going to drop him a little further for, uh, for me. Plus, the offense there scares me a little bit, even though I think Bell's a, uh, excuse me, Johnson is a fantastic running back. I would have a Gurley, Bell, Elliott, Johnson, and then I'm probably going Antonio Brown at five. Okay. And then you go, you go A.B. at five. But so out of all of the big running backs, you, you like um, you like Le'Veon Bell the best. If you could start your teams with one running back every year, it would be Le'Veon Bell. If he wasn't holding out, yes. But since he is, I'm going to go Gurley number one this year. I won't have a number one pick because I don't have that kind of luck in any league. Matter of fact, in the Scott Fishbowl, I already found out I'm 12th because, God forbid, I should ever get a top pick. Uh, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I have Gurley number one because of, the, uh, of Bell's more than likely holdout. All right. You know, it's interesting. You talk about David Johnson. You know, David Johnson is one of the biggest steals in the NFL right now. David Johnson's rookie year, his base salary was $435,000, which, of course, is nothing to sneeze at, but this is an NFL running back. His second year, he made $525,000. Last year, when he was hurt, he made $615,000. This year, the fourth year, his rookie deal, he makes $1.8 million. He has every right to hold out, George. Yeah, now you're just, you pretty much did uh, the agent's work for him. Now you know why he's... Uh angry and why he's thinking about uh, holding out. Listen, he's trying to get leverage. He's trying to get more money out of Arizona. Whether or not he's going to be able to do it or not, I, I have my doubts that he didn't play all of last year. I'm sure they'll use that against him. Uh, they're going to want to see him healthy, blah, 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 blah. But this is why you're hearing rumblings that he might pull a levy and bell and not show up till Tuesday before the uh, week one. I have my doubts if he'll actually follow through on that. Bell, we know, will. You know, he'll have the fortitude, the uh, you know, intestinal fortitude to, to go through that. I'm not sure Johnson will. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think Johnson can, but he does have every right to. Johnson's guaranteed money this season is $639,000 in guaranteed money. He's certainly underpaid. I don't think anybody can – I mean, Arizona can't argue against that. He's underpaid. He should be paid a hell of a lot more. That being said, uh, I don't know if he'll be able to talk Arizona to renegotiating the contract or giving him a long-term deal. Arizona may feel the same way as Pittsburgh does. In which case, you don't give long-term deals to running backs. Short shelf life, so many hits, they don't last long, that sort of thing. Uh, if I'm Arizona, I probably have to rethink that, seeing as though you have Fitzgerald on the last year, maybe of his NFL career. Your quarterback situation, okay, we don't, we don't know. We'll see how the rookie does. You know, we'll see how Rosen does before we start anointing him as the next big thing here. Yep. Really, you're selling Johnson, so you might want to keep him happy. And as I said in the first place, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. 
Exactly. There you go right there. You know what, George? If I can have any one of these running backs, it'd be Ezekiel Elliott. I look at I think the workload is going to be tremendous this year. He could be the team's lead. He's going to be uh, he's going to be relied on heavily in the passing game, which is going to help you in PPR. He's going to touch the tote the football at least 280 times. So, okay, so 280. How about four hundred times? I mean, yes. I think it's, I think it's three hundred plus. I mean, I do think it's three hundred plus. I mean, you think about it, Corey. Yeah. They, uh, if I'm, they, who else are they going to get the ball to? Seventy-three uh, percent of their targets from uh, their receptions from last year are gone. Dez is gone. Witten's retired. Yep. Who are they throwing the ball to? Jeff Swain at tight end? Exactly. That's not happening. At least not in overabundance. Alan Hearns. Listen, I like Hearns. I do like Hearns, but he's going to face the number one cornerback each and every week. That's gonna that's gonna stop him. And if you're a defense, though, you're putting eight men in the box almost every play, almost I, I, every play. I think it's like Adrian Peterson in his hey though. Put eight men in the box, and it so what? Yeah, I, I, and that's a valid point. Can't argue with that because Minnesota hasn't had, didn't have a good passing game forever. I just think it's going to be that over and over again. I think it's I don't think the Cowboys gonna be able to survive that. I just I don't see this offense working all that well. Uh, I mean. If they had a great defense or even a very good defense, then I might feel differently because they'd get more chances because they'd get the ball back because opposing offenses may not take many chances against the Cowboys. Don't turn yeah. the ball over. We'll, we'll beat them because they can't score. You know, I think, you, know, you might see a lot of weird, you know, 2017, 17, 14 games against Dallas this year with uh, opposing teams not wanting to take chances of turning the ball over, figuring the, uh, you know, turnovers, interception returns, or turn the ball over deep in your own territory the only ways we can lose to Dallas. Assuming you have a decent enough, a decent enough team, I listen. I think Elliott's great. I think the offensive line's great, but everything else on that offense scares the life out of me. Understand you on that. When we get to picks five and six, you see Kamara and Saquon Barkley go. You get last year's rookie of the year, followed by the guy that many people think will be this season's rookie of the year. George, I think I know we've discussed Barkley before. You're in on Barkley early, right? I would take Kamara and Hunt before Barkley, but where are you looking at Barkley at? I might take Kamara before Barkley. Okay. All right, I might do that, but uh, not not Hunt. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's much against Hunt, but I think it's more against Andy Reid. I don't. Who the hell knows what Reid's going to do? You're right. And also, You're I right. might worry about Mahomes a little bit. That what if he's not the quarterback we think he is, and teams start loading up to stop the run game and force him, and he can't do it. So. Listen, it, when you're splitting hairs here because I love Hunt. And he's a first-round running back, easy. But I think Barkley's the real deal here. I know what the Giants. I mean, no matter what you think about Eli Manning, and I'm not, I'm not a fan, as anybody knows. Yeah. I think he's pretty close to done. You still have Odell Beckham. You still have Sterling Shepard, who's a good wide receiver in his own right. You got Evan Ingram, who I think is a could be a fantastic tight end. That passing game is legit. Teams can't load up the box. They can't do it. They cannot do it because or else oh, Beckham will have a field day. It's all that passing game. No matter what you think about Eli, he'll get the ball to these guys part of the time. And more importantly to me, they bring in the uh, Nate Soto from uh, New England. So you've helped that offensive line. You draft, uh, I always Will forget Hernandez. the guy's name. Will, Will Hernandez. Every time, yeah. And who I think is a nasty son of a bitch in the second line. I think it's going to help that offensive line. This is not a bunch of trash cans that they've had the past couple of years. No doubt. I, I do agree. You do see the improvements. I don't know if the improvement is enough to support two first-rounders. Mind you, this is a team that averaged 13 points a game last year. Obviously, that number should go up this year. You get a healthy Odell. You put a generational back in the backfield, and they get to learn Sherman's system and scheme, and that uh, transitions us right into after Barkley goes off the board, you see Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell Beckham as the next three players to go off the board. Hopkins Hopkins and Brown's obviously uh, wide receivers one and two in fantasy, no doubt about that. I don't think we need to go to you for any analysis on that. And you mentioned Beckham. I mentioned Beckham going right there. I don't know if I'm taking Beckham in the first round. I like Beckham in the second round better because I want to get one of those running backs. I want to get a running back too. Yeah. Uh, I, I truly do, but if you don't have a top, and you saw in this draft, I mean, they, they flew off the board. They're gone. Top six picks, all running backs, and then you got Hunt goes three picks later. Uh, Melvin Gordon uh, if you, uh, is there as well, and I, I like Gordon a lot. But if you don't get one of those top picks, I mean, I, I like Antonio Brown a lot. I mean, I really uh, a lot. So I don't know George, if I'd be uh, – I, I would take Antonio Brown 1-1. One, one. I, I don't have no problem taking Antonio Brown 1-1. One, one. I wouldn't take him 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going girly ahead back. of him. Okay. Yeah, but I, but uh, anybody taking one two after, because of the problems with Bell and the holdout, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Uh, my my thing is here. I don't think I could take Hunt over Brown, uh, over Antonio Brown. I can't do that. Or Melvin Gordon, or Leonard Fournette, or anybody after that. Understood. I can see come. I can see the first six. Barkley come. I can under, I can understand that. Me personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have Brown at five. 
after the top, the big four. But I can understand Kamara and Barkley certainly wouldn't get on anybody for doing that. But I love Antonio Brown. He's so consistent that Steelers are going to have a, another big season offensively. Ben's back, actually not worried about that. You know, and uh, you know, I think Smith Schuster, the fact that he's come along, actually helps Brown because teams now can't just solely pay attention to him in the passing game. They got to worry about this guy too. All right. So, but you, but uh, those out of those running backs at that back end of the first. So, so after Beckham goes, then we see Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, and Leonard Fournette kind of round out the first round. I would take all three of those running backs before I take Odell Beckham. Hmm. I think uh, it's funny. I, I haven't think, I think I can get that. I think I can get that second wide. I think I can get that wide receiver one in the second round. Which you can. That, yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm looking going at. For. Those running backs are not going to be there in, in the second round. I think it comes down to your philosophy. If the, what you're no and what you're saying is absolutely true. You just said it. Those running backs aren't going to be there. So if you pass on the running back here to take Beckham, you're sort of screwing yourself because now you got to find that running back. And you look at uh, Rotowire, Chris List, the one who took Odell Beckham. And then he. He actually ignored the running back position. Yep. His first running back is Mark Ingram around four, and that's where you're putting yourself. So you have to be able to live with yourself there. Can, are you going to zero running back strategy, which he sort of is, uh, and is that okay with you? For me, it's not okay. I probably lean more towards your philosophy, and I'll, I would probably take Melvin Gordon where Chris Liss was. All right, so that when we're going to do it, when we come back, we'll get into the second round of this draft, start to break that down. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition to get you on the horn, too, if you're out there, 844-843-6879. Holiday times, holidays, bring the fantasy football season. It's getting closer and closer and closer. It's the Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Football Frenzy Weekend Edition, FNTSY Radio. George, the second round of this 14-team PPR starts out with Dalvin Cook, a player that I am really interested in and a guy I think can go in the first round with Cook towards ACL last year. He was leading the NFL in rushing. Now, Kirk Cousins comes in. You still get the ball, could be in an air more more stable situation at quarterback, but that can also open up things for Dalvin Cook more. Everything I'm hearing, he's ready to go and um, fully recover from that torn ACL, and he should be good to go. And I think Cook will be a top five running back. Top five running back when all is said and done. Who are you taking out? That'd be my first question. Who are you, I'm going to take two guys out. I'm t- I think he finishes. Let's, just say, let's say we have it right with the top four. I think he finishes ahead of Barkley and Kamara. I mean, he's still got Latavius Murray there, who could uh, get some goal line carries, taking away some fantasy points from him. So uh, I, I can't go that far. I mean, I like uh, Dalvin Cook, so I'm certainly drafting him. I'm not. I'm not yeah. worried about the ACL. I think, uh, and listen, I shouldn't say that. I think we're all always worried about ACL because I think sometimes we, you know, we uh, we equate every, uh, everyone's going to be Adrian Peterson now, be the freak yeah. and come back right away and be you know as good as he ever was. The ACL injury. You know, it's generally six to eight months to heal. Uh, you can play the next year, but generally it's not fully healed. Or where, do you, where you feel fully normal, I should say, like the way you were two years. Yeah. And that's true. I've had that surgery. That is true. Everything they say about that is true. But, of course, that, that may be good for normal people. Professional athletes get the best of care from their trainers and all that. So maybe they can return sooner. Let me ask you this. When you had the surgery, was it invasive or non-invasive? Well... For those who uh, want to get graphic about it, you, have to, you, can, you can have two types of surgery uh, in this day and age. One they call a cadavergraft, 
Yeah. And that's where they take the ACL from a cadaver and, from, and give you a, uh, a new ACL. That will let you heal faster, but there's a greater risk of infection. But generally, okay. professional athletes, because you're, you know, you're around your own team doctors, you can go that direction because you're, they're watching the infection. But if you, yes. if you have a long time to heal, they probably still won't go that way. And the other way is a, uh, where they take uh, the middle part of your patella, that's that big mm. ligament in your, in, your, in your knee that we can all feel right below the kneecap. They yeah. take the middle part of that, so they have, they have to hurt you to heal you. So okay. they rip that out. And they make it, they bang in a new ACL. That's why it takes so long to heal, because you really get two injuries. Then the one that's he, uh, the, the new one they're healing, and also your patella has to heal. So uh, it's not uh, it's it's certainly uh, it's arthroscopic because they you know I wasn't opened up. It's not like it was 20 years ago. We'd have that big long scar yeah. from the middle of your shin up to your knee. It's not that. All yeah. I have is three holes, which you can't even you can't really even see uh, those little arthroscopic holes around me anymore. All you can see is the uh, the scar in the middle of my patella. And since I'm about as white as a ghost, you can't even see that. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult to see. So it's, it's much better than it used to be, Corey, and it's obviously not career-rendering anymore. But uh, I guess you would say it's not invasive because you, you don't have the big scar. You're not open yeah. up. Yeah, and, 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 um, yeah, and obviously, obviously that's the case with the athletes now. On a side note, I recently saw a picture of, you may not know who this is, uh, New York Nick, uh, Christophe Porzingis. He tore his ACL, and okay, he tore his ACL during the season, and he has the big scar on his left knee. So I'm trying to figure out why does he have the big scar on his knee when those surgeries are not like that anymore. He must have done something else because he, they don't they don't do that anymore. Yeah, that's back old school, you know, back in the uh, what the, probably the early '90s, '80s, where they had to really open you up there. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny uh, when I tore mine. Uh, a good friend of mine's a physical uh, trainer, so he came to the analyst team doctor. He actually told me, "Hey, you want to watch your surgery?" They can do that. Oh, wow. No! Yeah. <laughs> no! Why would I want to do that? Put me out, man. Wake me up when it's over. Mm. Crazy. Ah, it's interesting. Um, just the, yeah. But Cook, you, we think, like, Cook's, okay, this is, what, this is the one thing about the second round of this draft. Cook is a player I can see going in the first. Keenan Allen, who goes next, is a player I, see, I can see going in the first. And Devontae Adams, who goes third pick of this draft, is another player that I think all got to be have first round price tags a month from now. I agree, but then you got to replay the game. All right, it's already a fourteen team draft. So you already got fourteen guys going in the first. You just mentioned Cook, Allen, Adams. You can see going in the first. Who are you taking out? Julio are you Jones. Fournette out. Julio, Julio Jones. Jones and Ma- Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. I don't. I have a hard time taking Thomas. I think at number twelve. Okay. Well, that's where he went. He went to. I think that's about right for him. Okay. You know, I could see. I could see Fournette coming out. You know, not the greatest of offense today, but a very good defense. Going to have plenty of chances. And I can see Jones coming out for, uh, I think we all know the reasons, because you're worried. Yeah. Uh, not enough touchdowns. They don't use him in the red zone. Always has the uh, the foot, the toe injury. So I can see that as well. But, uh, I, I mean, I, you can't complain, though. I mean, these, these are all great players. And they're, I think they all went pretty much the order they should go. I might have taken, you know, since uh, Howard Bender took Fournette in round one, I don't think I would have taken Cook in round two. I probably would have gone Devontae Adams over Keenan Allen and made sure I uh, locked up that position as well to have a number one t- wide receiver. But then again, he's got Fournette and Cook. Wide receiver is deep. And we'll see later. He got Jeffrey Robinson and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he doesn't have an ace there, but he's got three damn good ones. I love Fournette that start. Cook. Right, that's, that a, that's a pretty good team there. I love that start. I love that start. Then I think he messes it up in the sixth. We'll try to get into that a little bit later on. Um... I don't have no problem with Allen. One thing I went is one thing, and it's the only blip against Allen. Okay, we saw him fully healthy last year, and he was great. Now with Mike Williams ready to go, how much of a factor is Mike Williams going to play in this offense? Because this guy, Mike Williams, can flat out play. He's a Des Bryant prototype. He missed the entire rookie season. He's going to be involved, I, I think, more. And I think his talent may be better than Keenan Allen's talent. We just haven't seen him on the field yet. So I think Keenan Allen can give up some targets to Mike Williams. But other than that, Keenan Allen's excellent. I have no problem with Keenan Allen um, being your first, your wide receiver one. Same here. I, I, I'm a big Keenan Allen guy. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Phillip Rivers guy. I know he rubs people the wrong way, the way he acts on the field sometimes. And he's got 19 kids. Maybe that bothers you too. <laughs> but, uh, Wait, what, I'm not what, that far off. Uh, <laughs> I'm done, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> same here. Uh same here. Uh, I mean, you're, you're right. If Mike Williams is back and fully healthy and has the trust of Rivers, which we don't know. You know is the chemistry there yet? Is it going to take a year or two to get there? Uh, he'll take away targets. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good receiver. This is not, you know, listen, Tyrell Williams is a nice guy, but he's not, you know, he's, he's not a, uh, someone in the ilk of what Mike Williams could be. No, uh-uh. 
So well, they'll look to Mike Williams to get him involved more. But uh, also, well, you know, Hunter Henry's gone for the season. That means more targets can be coming to the wide receivers anyway. That's true. Because Henry's, a, you know, Henry's damn good at himself, including in the red zone, in yeah. the end zone. Now those targets might go to Keenan Allen, or they might go to Michael. Or they might, or might, might be split between them. So maybe it works out even in the end because of the no tight end right now. I still think it's just a matter of time, though, until Antonio Gates resigns here. I do. I agree too. I think Antonio Gates will be back and will be the uh, tight end for the San, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, or as I call them, the Los Angeles Clippers. Um. Pick four of round two is Jarek McKinnon. Um, that's that. I, I think it's better running backs on the board. Next up is AJ Green. Then we see Mike Evans. AJ Green, Mike Evans in the second round. I like both those picks. I think that's interchangeable. Would you, obviously, I think most would give Green the nod now because of Evans uh, not having his quarterback Jameis Winston for the first three games. Yeah, I think that's that's easy now to take Green over Evans. I might even drop Evans a little further. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm looking here. All right, uh, would you take Thielen over Evans? And I got new quarterback there. Does Cousins have the same, you know, or, or, or rapport with uh, Thielen that Keenum had? Man, you know, to get all those right catches? Yeah, those it two is are close. close. Those what two about Doug Baldwin? Is ah. Baldwin getting this conversation now? He's a true number one that's going to have his quarterback for the whole season. The thing about it is... Only true threat there. Who else is Russell Wilson throwing to? Who can have the biggest season out of all three of them? I think it's Mike Evans. Oh, I agree. I, I think that if, you, if you're looking for an upside, you know, who's got the uh, the highest ceiling, it's Evans. Mm. You know, see, I think he's a better receiver than all these guys. But, you know, with uh, no wins, to, and we have to remember this, you know, no wins for three weeks. That doesn't mean he's coming back week four and he's going to be great. He's not going to be with the team for three weeks. He, he was terrible last year for most of the season anyway. Well, around you know, the he, team. Was, he was terrible NFL-wise last year, George. He was playing great for fantasy, though. He was averaging over 330 yards a game. He was playing. I mean, he was, listen, a lot of it was garbage time work, but he was winging it and putting up big numbers. But it just wasn't translating to wins for the Buccaneers. You know what? This kid's on his last leg, Jameis Winston. I'm curious what the uh, – yeah. For those who don't know, Winston, I was surprised about the NFL and uh, not sticking to the six games because they had him over. They had him over a barrel. It doesn't, and I'm not saying about the evidence, you know, because Winston had to take the suspension this year. He had no choice because he's going to lose about a hundred thousand a game, a little over. I think it's one twenty, one forty, whatever it might be. But his contract balloons next year, assuming mm-hmm. they keep him to twenty-one million. Where if he takes a suspension next year, it would have been over a million dollars a game. Yep. So the NFL had him. They absolutely had him. You know, they didn't have to negotiate this down, which is what, what happened here. Uh, just, just surprised by that because when you think about the money, Winston had to get the suspension out of the way this year. Had the to, Bucks, no choice. The Bucks could have redone his contract to push that money back to after the suspension so they could have backloaded the contract like the, like the Patriots did for Tom Brady. They could have did that. But, you know, who's saying the Bucks are looking at it? Well, this guy may not be a Buck next year. So you got to look at it that way too. Um, See – the NFL didn't want – I think what the NFL didn't want, they did not want um, another repeat of Tom Brady or Ezekiel Elliott where the player said, you know what, I didn't do this, we're going to go to court, and now we're going to oh. make you prove it. And then they're dragging it back and forth to court. So the, they negotiated where Winston would not admit guilt, but he also would not appeal the suspension, and that's why the NFL said we'll give you three games. Well, you're absolutely the right. The NFL is negotiating against their own rules. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's what's weird because they're going to catch flack anyway. Yeah. Uh, did, did you see what Damien, Damien Woody of ESPN, NFL Live Sports, said? He went ballistic. Uh, it was either Thursday or Friday when, this, uh, when it came out. And, <laughs> excuse me, I mean, the man, everything he said was true. I mean, he went off. He pretty much went off on, on Winston, on Tampa Bay, and on the NFL. You know, about everything we're just covering here. Winston for using alcohol as an excuse. And in Winston's statement, by the way, he pretty much admits he did it. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so what does that make Ronald Darby, by the way? It means he lied. Yeah, Ronald Darby lied. Right? So uh, it's like, what the hell is going on here? It's just amazing where uh, also, do they, I guess, I think you're right. I don't think they want to go through another protracted court battle. Yep. You know, here, and uh, which is strange because they seem to enjoy this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. They do, right? You yep. do it with Tom Brady. You do it to, with Ezekiel Elliott, two of the faces of the NFL, and then you don't do it with a lesser player. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that make sense? You think it would be the reverse? 
you would have made the example of a lesser play, but two of the faces, maybe you wouldn't want them to do it as much. You know, so I don't know. It's it's always uh, this is what annoys people about the NFL and Roger Goodell and all this stuff. Yep. It does, you just don't know what they're gonna do. So this situation with Jameis, well, really the smoking gun was the third dude, the guy the guy that didn't play. Well, you know, Ronald, you know, Ronald Darby is like Jameis's BFF. Ronald Ronald Darby was with him when he got in trouble at Florida State with the allegations from the uh, the young lady with the sexual assault, the rape. Ronald Darby was with him that night. When he stood on the table in the cafeteria and was like, I'll blank her right in the blank. Ronald Darby was with him that day. Him and Ronald Darby got to figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? George, with friends like that, who needs enemies? So Darby obviously stepped right up and said that he was with Winston. I rode with him. I was this, that, and the third. Nothing happened. But it was the third player that was with them. He played college ball, but he, didn't play, he doesn't play in the pros. That guy said, oh, no, that's not true at all. Me and Darby left together. Jameis took another Uber by himself, and that was the smoking gun the NFL needed right there. Yeah, it's just amazing. That, that's all you needed, to, and he's done. Winston's done as far as you, you caught him in a lie. Done. Yep. You know, he, he's going to lose the battle. He's, actually, he would lose anyway. That's yep. the way these, these court cases work, although this is a different kind of court case, by the way. It's not the same as the PEDs. So uh, it, it's just, like I said, strange. You, you had the man. You had the evidence. You had caught him in a lie, and the money situation tells you he wants to get this done this year. Yet you let him off the hook. You only gave him three instead of six, which, as you already said, you negotiated against your own policy. Yeah. You put the policy in place and then walked it down. <laughs> Just strange. <laughs> they don't know how to stay out of trouble. After Mike Evans goes, um, you see Christian McCaffrey and Devontae Freeman. I would flip Freeman. I would take Freeman over McCaffrey. I would take Freeman over, over um, McKinnon. I think out of all the running backs going in that second round range after we mixed in with these wide receivers, we talked about Freeman before and um, how he runs in kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog and, you know, his style of play leading to these concussions. But when you look at the pure talent and what they can do on the field, I think after Dalvin Cook, you go Devontae Freeman, but I have no problem with Freeman in the middle of the second. McCaffrey is interesting, George. Not even – not. In his rookie year, not four yards a carry. We see C.J. Anderson also out there now. We know what he could do as a pass receiver, 80, 80 receptions last year. But do you think it is a situation where North Turner can come in and mess this kid up? Or do you think we see him get over four yards a carry and still give you that 70 to 80 receptions this year? I think it's about – I'm not worried about the receptions. That's, that's what he does well. Mm-hmm. My problem is C.J. Anderson is a better Jonathan Stewart. All right? I mean, at, this, at this point in their careers. So he'll, he'll do better than Stewart did last year, so he might get a smattering more carries than that. He'll certainly be used more as the goal line guy than McCaffrey will. Plus, Cam Newton's a goal line guy himself. Exactly. So where, where are these touchdowns coming from? He's going to have to, oh, he got an 18-yard reception. Those kinds of uh, touchdown receptions. He's not going to be used inside the five all that much. You know, so that's my concern with him. I love the talent. Now the he talent's did, there. He, he did bulk up in the, in the offseason. Have you seen pictures of him this year? I have, but still. Uh, if you're uh, if you're running the team, you're the offensive coordinator. You got CJ Anderson. Yeah, Why exactly. would you use him? There's no re- There's still no reason. Maybe that gives him another touchdown because they'll use him every now and again. But still, why would- you don't feel the need? You don't have to use him. You know, and for NFL wise, it's perfect when you think about it. You got guys who do each thing well. You know, McCaffrey's great. And this is not saying McCaffrey's never going to carry the ball. Of course, he's going to get some carries here. But he's mainly going to be used on the outside and catching the ball. CJ Anderson will be your between the tackles guy. Cam will do a little of everything. You know, it's just it's a hard offense to succeed for a running back as far as touchdowns are concerned, mainly because of Cam, because he'll steal so many of those. One rushing touchdown last year for Christian McCaffrey. I'll go over. <laughs> I think he gets at least two. There you go. Well, you know what? I, 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 would, I would take – no, as, uh, I, uh, did I make a mistake with that? Two rushing touchdowns last year for McCaffrey. He has two rushing touchdowns last season, and he has one, two – three, four, five touchdowns through the air. I think the touchdowns continue to come through the air for McCaffrey. I, I would take the over on that too. So I do think the touchdowns can be there. That can make it a little bit more interesting. Listen, I'm in on them. I didn't own them no place last year. Am I going to jump up and down on the table if I get them? I, I, anywhere from 2-6 to 2-12, he'd be in my range. What about you? I think everything you said is correct. I'm right, right on board with you there. I have no problem owning him. I think I had him in one team last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, I wasn't staying away from him. That's the way it worked out. So uh, I think the touchdown you said seven, he caught five, uh, caught, two, caught five, ran two. I think it's about right. Maybe get the tick more, eight, nine. That wouldn't shock me here. I like him, but if I get him, great. If I don't, I'm not crying about it. 
All right, there you go right there. You know, the thing. here's the thing, another thing. But if you look at some of the players in these first two rounds that we've discussed so far, I think he has the highest bust potential also. I would agree. Too many other guys. But, you know, it went over this yesterday. I believe it was a joke. It could have been with Kevin Walsh. I mean, you go through all these teams that have these three, four, five running backs that are back there. They each have a separate role. That means all, a lot of guys have bust potential because you could not be able to touch that guy. You could lose your job or whatever, not get as many touches. It's a problem throughout the NFL. 844-843-6879. Phone lines open. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. Fantasy Executive and George Christian. We come back on the other side. Go to the back of the second round. This is where the drafters start making mistakes. We break it down right here on the Frenzy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Shout out to Sean Engel bringing us back a little hit him up. Tupac. Um, back to the second round of this draft. Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill go off the board, George. No problem with that. Listen, I'm not going to take Hill in a second. I don't mind having Hill. If I'm in an auction and I can buy him at a value, I'll hop on that. Um, If he's in the third as a wide receiver, two, that intrigues me. I'm not taking Tyreek Hill in the second as a wide receiver one. If Alex Smith was still there, I would do it. But with Patty Mahomes, I'm not going to pull the trigger on that because I don't know what Pat Mahomes is. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, uh, I think people assume that Mahomes is going to be the next great thing is psychotic. You know, he, he played <laughs> one NFL game. In a game and that, that was not a meaningless uh, – right. he hasn't, he hasn't I mean, played a meaningful game. No, he hasn't. Uh, listen, <laughs> I mean, I like the kid, too. He looks like he has talent. looks like he's going to be fun to watch. But the thing he's going to be uh, as good, and not that Smith is great, but I think he's going to be as good as Smith right off the bat is kind of silly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's going he's he's to have his ups and downs. And I'm not a huge Hill guy anyway because uh, he's really a one-trick pony there. And now they have two of those guys who do the same trick in Sammy Watkins. Uh, I'm not taking him in the second round. I, I don't think I'll have Hill on most teams because I'm not so sure I can take him in the third round. Okay. The, uh, and an auction's different. Auction's always different because you might get a great price on him. Exactly. That always changes things. But I think I'm going to find safer guys in snake drafts that I'm going to be more than willing to go with over Tyreek Hill. The, t- the talent is there. That's not what I'm arguing about. I'm just worried about the whole combination here. you got a great running game. You can run the ball a lot. Are they going to take as many deep uh, shots at Mahomes? Is he going to be good at throwing a deep ball? It's a hill. We, I, I don't know any of this. So uh, I'm probably going to pass on him in most drafts. Mahomes can fall in love with Watkins. Mahomes can fall in love with Kelsey. You never know what, what it is with Mahomes. Mahomes can fall in love with throwing interceptions. We don't know yet. So that's why I say come down on Tyreek Hill a little bit. Um, I was a Tyreek Hill owner last year. He was excellent last season. I like the player. I love the talent. I just don't trust the buy the system with the quarterback around him. Uh, Rob Gronkowski goes next after Tyreek Hill. Article I'm writing for the Roto Experts exclusive S package, the round by round draft guide. Not the second round, but the third round. The first, the first sentence of what you should do in the third round is do not draft Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> this guy does it in the second round. George, it is no better, is no worse way to hamstring to hamstring your team, in my opinion, than drafting a tight end in the second round. Now, uh, in a real draft. I've never done and a, draft, a league that's going to play out. I've never taken a tight end or Gronkowski in round, even round one back when he was uh, around one possibility, round two, round three. I wait on tight end. Yep. I'm doing a mock right now, though. And, you know, I, for, for giggles, I want to see what would happen yeah. if I did take Gronk. I think I took him in the beginning of round three. 
top of round three. He was there, so I grabbed him. And, you know, I don't hate my team, Corey. I don't. Okay. But then again, I, I'll admit, and this is this is a, uh, an industry mock, but there have been a lot of uh, – a lot of timed out picks with machines picking for them. People take okay. quarterbacks. It's, it's been a weird draft. So I don't know if it's an accurate reflection. You know, actually, when I say I don't know, it, it hasn't been. Okay. So I really I can't use this as a thing. But I don't, I've I've liked how my team ended out. But I don't think I don't think in a real draft it would have ended up like this. So uh, I won't do it. And I I'm and I, I say this all the time. I can't take a, a tight end, a Gronkowski, Ertz, Kelsey. I can't take him around three, four. I could think about it around five, depending on how the draft falls to me. But even then, I like to load up, uh, to load up on running backs and wide receivers. It's nothing against Gronk. I love Gronk. But he does get hurt. You may only get 12 games out of him. You don't know when those four games are going to be. Right now with Edelman, he has his hearing tomorrow. He's out four games. Team's going to load up to stop Gronk because there's no one on the outside you're truly afraid of. Hogan, Mitchell, Jordan Matthews will play the slot. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. They, they draft Sony Michelle. Maybe they're going to run the ball more here. All the problems we're uh, coming out of New England right now. I'm a little worried this year about New England players. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting season for New England. If they were in the NFC, they would be they would be um they would be in trouble in my opinion. But they're not in the NFC, so it makes it a little bit it makes it a little bit easier for them to um to be you know to 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 go far in the AFC. They should be in at least the AFC Championship game. That game. Because they play in the AFC East, should very well be a home game for them. So I think it works out in that regard. Let's look at the team and the way it's put together. Uh, big game software, Brett Breaker and, Ty, and Taj Ward. Actually, it's not that bad when you think about it. The quarterback will be Big Ben or Andrew Luck. The running backs will be Le'Veon Bell. The RB2 would be either Kenyon Drake or Carlos Hyde. The wide receivers will be Jarvis Landry, Pierre Garçon, Jameson Crowder, all players I like, even though I think every I think Landry's numbers come down this season. The tight ends Gronk, the flex could possibly be the young wide receiver in Carolina, DJ Moore or or Carlos Hyde. Where I think this team messed this is where the Gronk pick because you don't you don't know what Drake is going to be. See, if you when he takes Gronk, if he takes a, a Sean McCoy there, or if he takes a Jordan Howard there, you got an RB one and an RB two. That you're set, and then I like the team much better. By drafting Gronk, he put himself in a situation where Kenyon Drake has the hit. Yeah, you look at his team. I probably would have taken Baldwin if I was him. Baldwin okay. went the next pick. That's where I would, because he already had the ace running back in Bell. So you already got your RB1. You know, I will, uh, even though I think you can, you, can, you can wait a little bit on wide receivers and still be okay. I mean, he takes Jarvis Landry. I don't think he's going to be a hundred catch guy in Cleveland. No, I, I think so happening. either. Right, so his his uh, production is going to come down a little bit. You already mentioned Kenyon Drake, and I completely agree on you. Uh, Garcon, now I like Garcon. I think Garcon is slipping in drafts and probably shouldn't be. But then again, he hasn't played with Garoppolo. You know, he got got hurt before Garoppolo took over last year, so maybe there's not something there. Crowder was probably my Achilles heel last year. He killed me in a couple of leagues, and killed he's got a new quarterback too. too. All right, so he he's got some. Always wide receivers are question marks because he passed on. The, uh, the number one when he took Gronkowski. So, and that's what you got to live with. Anybody who wants to do that, it's why I can't do it. I mean, I understand tight end is not as deep as it was maybe two, three years ago, and it's not. But still, you don't need to, uh, you don't have to take an early pick on a Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, whatever you might. You could still wait and take uh, a tight end, let's say round seven, and still get a solid one. You know, I, I like Delaney Walker where he's falling to. People are sort of forgetting about him. I think there are even a couple of sleeper tight ends. George Kittle comes to mind. Najoku on Cleveland, who if I decide to wait even longer into the double-digit rounds, I don't mind go. I don't, I don't mind starting these guys. And if, they, if it, assuming it allows me to get the solid depth at running back and wide receiver, more at running back than I think you're really going to need. Let me ask you this. You mentioned something interesting about, um, and, you know, um, about, um, just Jarvis Landry, this, this Cleveland situation with Jarvis. They got a lot of pieces in Cleveland. And not to mention the fact we could see a situation where Baker Mayfield is the quarterback at some point. Who 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 does the offense support? Who's going to hit their value? Who's going to be a disappointment? It's, it's kind of what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> You're hearing reports that Chubb is going to be the lead back. Right? All last, all last offseason? We heard that Carlos Hyde was going to be – they, they talked about Carlos Hyde, called him everything but a child of God. Carlos Hyde ends up helping people win for the most part. He was excellent last year. 
You look at Jarvis Landry, another guy. People were off. Remember when Jay Cutler came in? Jay Cutler's a more aggressive downfield thrower. That that uh, helps Devontae Parker more. Jarvis Landry put up another 100-catch season. Devontae Parker do what Devontae Parker does. Josh Gordon comes into the mix late last year. Thought he was nothing. He shows that he still has flashes of talent. Who is the guy? We've seen flashes of talent with Njoku late last year with Deshaun Kaiser as his quarterback. It's a lot of talented guys, a lot of moving pieces, but how do you figure it all out in Cleveland? Who are the guys that are going to hit value? Yeah, we we got a new segment for the show of uh, value and disappointment for each team. You really think yep. about that. Because uh, I think that's actually pretty good here. Uh, so while you're talking about this, I'm actually writing down players here for, uh, at each slot who I think would have uh, value and disappointment. Uh, I'm going to go with my value. I mean, Cleveland, I think the Cleveland Browns and Chicago Bears are the two teams. Every time I think about them, I keep thinking they finally have legitimate NFL offenses. And what I mean by is they have people at each position now that, that are legitimate. They have a tight end. They have wide receivers. They have a running back. They have the quarterback. They may not be all pros or anything, but they're legitimate now. It's no longer a joke that was going on. If, I think if Cleveland knew that they were going to draft Nick Chubb in the second round, they would not have signed Carlos Hyde. I think Hyde is one year and done with Cleveland. Okay. He'll play this year, and then he'll move on. He's my disappointment. I don't think he's going to live up because of Chubb being there. Carlos Hyde. And you got Duke Johnson, too, catching the ball on third downs. So Hyde has oh, to be I my Oh, I forgot him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot right. him. And they signed a four-year contract, so you know they like him. My value, uh, you know, I already said I think Lanty dis- disappoints as well, but not to the extent that Hyde will. I'm close to taking Josh Gordon, but I, I want to I keep Corey you know, away from that drug. Love Josh Gordon. <laughs> so I'm not going to say Josh, but I'm, I was close here, Corey. Really close on Josh Gordon because... He's slipping in drafts, I think, where people don't, finally don't believe. And I think this could be the year. Well, okay, now he, he lives up to it. But I'm going with the player I just talked about, the Joku at tight end. I think okay. of it this way. You think about Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. Yeah, he can never make it work with Sammy Watkins or any of the other wide receivers they brought in there. Not all his fault. A lot of the wide receivers are really bums. But he, he, made, he used Charles Clay in the end zone, especially in the red zone touchdowns. He found Charles Clay, you know. And when May- Mayfield takes over, and I think that does happen, as you mentioned, I think it happened, let's say week 10, whatever whatever it is, young quarterbacks tend to, tend to look for that big target over the middle, close to the line of scrimmage. It's their best friend, tight end. I think as far as value, it's the Joku. I, I can get, and I can get down with that. I would go Nick Chubb because what I'm, what I'm leveraging it against is, okay, when, May- when Mayfield does take over, maybe they get the running game going. I'm going to go Nick Chubb, and I'm going to go Josh Gordon. Reason why I'm going Josh Gordon, I love Todd Haley with a big, talented wide receiver. I love it. Todd Haley, what he's done with wide receivers throughout the course of his career has been amazing. Todd Haley has coached Hall of Fame wide receivers, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, now he gets a chance to get Antonio Brown, Mike Wallace, Juju Smith-Schuster last year. The list goes on and on. Now he gets a chance to work with Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was full of lean and pills and marijuana and alcohol and led the NFL in receiving yards four years ago. What do you think a sober Josh Gordon can do with Todd Haley and his working with him? Oh, yeah. I think I said that. You'll get no argument from me. I, I think it's, it's all on Taylor. Can he get on the ball consistently? I, I have my yep. doubts about that. But uh, like I said, I think Josh Gordon is, is a value. He, I don't think he's my number one value, but he was a value there. You know, I, I, I like this Cleveland offense, man. I truly. You know, I, don't, I think it was you and I might have played the game of uh, five wins for Cleveland. Uh, I think yeah. this team is uh, – I'm not going to say something silly, like they're going to make the playoffs or anything like that. But I think this team is finally on its way up. I don't think Hugh Jackson will be jumping in any rivers after this season. Or have to jump no. in any lakes, I should say. So I think they'll, they'll win some games. You know, so I think Hugh Jackson really got lucky. Because, and what I mean by that is he probably should have been fired already. Because let's face it, Corey, if you and I win one, one out of 32 games, we're done. Somehow he keeps his job. And now this team's going to improve. And I think in a couple I of years, I think they keep doing it right. They could be, might I say, a threat in the AFC North in two years, especially if Ben's gone. No doubt about it. I mean, that's just the way it is with uh, these professional athletes. If me and you had the track record of Jameis Winston, we'd be sitting in a cell somewhere. So there you go. Oh, isn't that? You but that's so I mean? true. Oh, so many. I always tell my wife this when she's told. My wife doesn't know anything about sports. But she, she hears things. She's not, and I'm like, you know, honey, if this is you or I. We're in jail. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you know, go. all the political people, too, for that matter. You know, we have oh, yeah, that's, We're you're done. Right. Yep. Yep. You're right about that. Um, one thing that scares me about Chubb is I look at those, the two, well, not so much the, um, the Ohio State game, because he played well 
but not, not not the not Ohio State. Um, whoever they played in the in the semifinal, I forgot who they played. Did they play Baker Mayfield's team, Oklahoma? The national championship, Chubb disappeared in the second half of that game. Um, and what worries me about college players in those big time games like that, that's the level of talent that you're going to see in the NFL. Those are how it is. That's how it is every Sunday in the NFL. But what I like about Chubb is he has the lineage of being a Georgia Bulldog running back. Georgia Bulldog running backs, they normally do not disappoint in the pro, at, at, at the pro level. So I'm I'm 50-50 with Chubb. Mm, I'm starting to buy in more on Chubb, but I would still put Rashard Penny and Darius Geis ahead of him. I love Darius Geis, by the way. I'm a big Darius guy. I think this guy, I think Washington finally got their bell cow back. You know, Darius guys is somebody I'm, I'm actually talking. There's very few guys who I say I target in drafts, but I, I target pl- plays in certain rounds. And Darius guys yeah. is someone I'm targeting in round four. We're still there. I want him in as many leagues as I can get. I think Washington finally got their back. They're back that they can rely on. I'm not saying he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell or someone like that, but I think he could be in the next tier come next year. Come draft time. I think this offense with Alex Smith will be a little bit more consistent. You know, I might worry about the tight end with Jordan Reed. But I think Smith will make Crowder better because uh, he'll run more timing routes, get the ball to him. Won't be as maybe off-kilter as Cousins could be at time. I just think this offense as a whole is better this season. And I think it's going to be because of guys. Teams are going to now have to play the running game legitimately. You know, there's no more Samaji Perrine or uh, you know, Kelly running the ball here where you're not worried about them. Guys is someone they're going to have to account for. I agree. I, I, I listen. I think the DC football team could very well be the best football, could be the best team in the NFC East this year. I, I really do. I think Alex Smith was a smart addition for them. I think he works well with Crowder. I think Jordan Reed. Now that he's had that toe surgery, he's a sneaky late round flyer. Because listen, a healthy Jordan Reed could be the best tight end in football. You can get him for a dollar later on in your drafts. Um, guys, listen. The people were down on guys coming out. But Geis was all-world. Geis was the guy that was supposed to be the first running back to go in this class before Barkley had that standout uh, uh, season this this past year. I, I'm, I'm buying in. I'm buying into the whole thing. People say, oh, well, you say new quarterback, new system. Alex Smith is a veteran quarterback who knows how to use the pieces around him. So I like it. I like it a lot for the D.C. football team. Um, Jamison Crowder disappointed us last year, George. I'm going back this year. And so we're paying about the same price. That's what I don't <laughs> like about it. I'm going back to Corey. I've already, uh, you know, the drafts I've done. I think I have in each league so far. I, I just, uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I honestly don't know why. Yeah, you know, why, why, why this guy has this hold on me? But I keep drafting him too when he's there. I guess I'm gonna keep drafting him until I get it right, and he has the uh, the season that pays off for me. I agree with everything you said. You said I think uh, Smith uh, was just probably a smart trade. I don't think he's necessarily that much better a quarterback than uh, in, than Cousins. And fantasy wise, I'd rather have Cousins. But NFL wise, I think I do think Smith is a. a a tinge better. I also uh, think with Cousins, I don't think he ever let it loose in Washington. I think he was sort of protecting his big payday somewhat, which maybe yeah. we'll see a different Cousins in Minnesota. He'll let it loose more now because he's not as worried about throwing, uh, you know, three interception against. So he'll take more chances in the secondary here. But uh, I don't know if I can go as Washington be the best team in the NFC. I don't know if I quite go that okay. far. But I think they're going to be competitive. I still think the best team is Philadelphia. No doubt about it. So um, there you go right there. Um, what I find interesting, I was watching NFL Top 100, and they were showing uh, the battle between Xavier Rhodes and um, Antonio Brown. These are dudes that grew up together, been playing football against each other for a long time. Matter of fact, we'll start our number two with that story because I believe um, it was a, something. I, I, I heard something very interesting in that conversation they were having on the field that Sunday. I bring it up to start our two. Let's get back into this FSTA expert strap. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FSTSY Radio. 